When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok, along with Joseph Scrimshaw for a special Force Center Reacts. 
We've got a lot of Star Wars news, some of it not the news we thought we'd have this weekend coming out of Star Wars celebrations. But Joseph, we're here to discuss what we did get, and we did, so far, get a lot. We got a lot, and I have a lot of reacts. A lot of I reacts. Can make that a strange noun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was thrilled. Uh, I was bummed and surprised, like yeah. everyone, not to get the trailer like we really expected. But in a way, I think this was, for me, almost better than a trailer. Yeah. Because I okay. think we got a ton of flavor. We Ooh. got a ton of big picture ideas of what their intent is with this movie mm-hmm. and how they're going to market it to both fans and normal people with none of the plot spoilers. It was right. So for me, it was kind of ideal. I don't want to know any plot. I already know enough. Yeah. I'm sure I'll get that when the trailer comes up, but this was great to just get so much flavor and fun and excitement. Right, absolutely. And I should know that at the time of this recording, we're uh, Saturday afternoon here recording, so by the, we could get off these microphones and the trailer could have finally dropped in an official capacity. Right. So if we're trying to get this out as, as soon as possible. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was, uh, let's, let's talk first with the disappointment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's or, lead with the disappointment. Or the confusion, yeah. maybe, because uh, I'm like you. I think we've talked a, a lot about not wanting to see the trailers, wishing we could live in a world where we didn't see the trailers as much. Yeah. So I do agree with you, and we'll get into to how the featurette kind of scratches an itch, but also yeah. uh, leaves us itchy. Um, <laughs> it's just a, a, a wise old proverb. Um, I watched the live stream of Star Wars Celebration Rogue One panel and was getting ready for work, watching it, and I was like, here we go. Gareth Edwards says, let's do it. Hey, you guys ready? The crowd's cheering. Here's a behind-the-scenes featurette. <laughs> was it a, just a sort of not sizzle reel, but a grumble reel? Did the whole audience go, yeah? If, <laughs> if you were watching live, yeah. And I, I know some people were there. I'm curious to get there. I haven't spoken to them. Obviously, they're still in London. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the lights come up, and the audience is like, all right. Yeah. No, they get. They did get live. Yeah. The, the trailer. The trailer. And I haven't. Uh, uh, Perry Nemiroff, friend of mine over at Collider, has not. She put up her description of it. I haven't read it. Okay. I have, there's some leaked ones I hear. I'm, I'm not going to do that because nope. the, the Mandalorian will come after you. <laughs> um, so I haven't. I haven't dove into that arena at all. Okay. We're just here to talk about the feature. So I. I for one, confused is probably more appropriate word as why they didn't just get it out there now where are you at with that joseph i don't know yeah i thought it was a mangled presentation it was clearly leaked or guessed that there was going to be one so it feels weird to not have one and in the age of social media and leaking Mm -hmm. i don't know if this is just like an attempt to like prove their power of like can we release something without it leaking just to test it uh, because it, it does just seem a little confused. My only guess is maybe just because right now the news has been rife with various horrors mm-hmm. that maybe they were hoping for a weekend that's mm-hmm. not as noisy where yeah. they're not going to get bumped by sudden real-world terror since we have had like about a week and a half <laughs> where, where entertainment news cycles have been competing with yeah. either horror or Pokemon. Yeah. Po- yeah. Fake exactly. <laughs> horror. Either yeah. real horror or Coo augmented and- <laughs> reality cute horror. Coup and turkey or did you catch that Pikachu? Yeah. It's, that's um, a wild yeah. guess as to why they didn't just do what's been really successful for them before. Yeah. Maybe it's the timing of London. Maybe they want to be mm. more in sync with the U.S. and find like a big primetime event. Well, and we thought we had one, didn't we? Yeah, with the the Force Awakens. But yeah. again, like the, nobody was that made no noise on like yeah. on my social media feed is people talking about the world, Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. talking about Ghostbusters, and the fact that they're playing something that we already have on DVD on TV. Yeah, was not a big cultural moment. It was not, and then we thought 
I mean, the stories are leaked, and a lot of people were tweeting us, you lied, you said there was a trailer. Every story out there said, hey, we're hearing this, the trailer's coming at the end of this special. I, well, look, sometimes in this talky talk media discussion world, wrong information gets out, or yep. information gets out and changes the way they do stuff. And yep, I thought maybe maybe the West Coast, because I have West Coast bias. Because yep. people on the East Coast were saying, tweeting last night, oh, we didn't get the trailer. So I was at uh, Josh McCuga's house from Shmosno. We were getting ready to go to a party. I said, can we pause for a second? It's 8.40, 45. I want to watch the last 15 minutes here, see if the trailer pops up. And nope, nope. your local news is up next. Many Bothans <laughs> were wrong. Many wrong. So confusion, but hey, who are we to, to, to question the Mouse House? Who are we to question Lucasfilm? Yeah. And you know what? It's worked, Joseph, because even though there are some leaked copies, Force Awakens stuff that was leaked, I almost couldn't avoid. Yeah. I've been able to avoid this. Yeah, I heard one thing that mm-hmm. is not a surprise. I won't say it. Yeah. But, uh, because it'll probably be out very soon. But sure. I was I thought this was effective because I am 10 times uh, not more. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for Rogue One. I've yes. never been bummed about Rogue One. Right. But there was a lot in this trailer that just made me super excited for the yeah. movie. Like, uh, almost Force Awakens level of excited. I agree with you. And a lot of people, I think that this did satisfy that that need, like I said. And, and I saw a lot of people saying what you're saying, which is, I think I'm more excited for this than Force Awakens. Which seems weird to say, but Force Awakens was so big, so cultural. We'll never have that moment again. We've discussed it. Right. So, to feel this excitement for, for a Star Wars story, uh, I'm, I'm now excited about the excitement, if that makes even sense. <laughs> yeah. We're getting layers. We're getting deep. So should we dive into yeah, let's the, dive into, into the fun stuff? We've yeah, got the confusing yeah. the confusing parts out of the way. Yeah. But we've got some stuff to dig into. I think the biggest thing to me is that this did a really good job, the combination of the poster and the sizzle reel of driving home. This is gonna be about war. There's gonna be explosions, there's gonna be running, there's gonna be hitting, but it is still about a rebellion with hope to the point where yes. that's the tagline on mm-hmm. the poster. Of the, the, a rebellion built on hope, obviously. Love that tagline, by yeah, the way. A play on a new hope, obviously, to remind yes. people. But there's so much in the sizzle reel to say this is still going to be human. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting and clever marketing and rhetoric mm-hmm. that they got, they showed us grit. They showed us violence. Yeah. But everybody's words were replacing things with, like, with gritty, with words like real and mm-hmm. genuine and reinforcing, like, these are going to be human characters. Yeah. Look at these human moments. This is not going to be nothing but war and then bitter, broken people staring off into the horizon. <laughs> so they, co- they totally got ahead of those reshoot <laughs> thoughts yes. and said, don't worry, here's what it is. You're going to get all that action. It's going to be a war movie like yeah. you've never seen, yeah. but it's going to have the heart of Star Wars. Yeah. Well, and I, look, we could start with the poster, too, because the poster... Uh, has the rebels running into the water with the the stormtroopers coming out? We got some some napalm in the morning explosions in the background. We got there. a big friendly ghost version of the Death, <laughs> Death Star, Star saying, "Remember, it's all about me, guys. It's, it's all, all about, about me. me." And and that that is reminiscent of the the teaser trailer that was at celebrations last year. Yeah, that I loved. It's still one of my favorite things. It was because it was official. It all, but it, it was official. I'll choose my words carefully. Almost had a fan made vibe to it, which yes. as you know sometimes rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> um, but that. Uh, 
the TIE fighter flying the words of Obi-Wan Kenobi from A New Hope before the dark time, before the Empire, and it fades up to that, that, that like you said, a ghostly image of the Death Star, and I loved that. It gave me chills. Yeah. And, and then the, the, the radio crackling transmissions and screaming and fire and explosions. That teaser trailer, if you haven't seen it and you can track it down online, do yourself a favor and do it. And I thought that poster was that teaser trailer in print. Yeah. And you had running, screaming, explosions, and like you said, the Death Star haunting all of us. Yeah. I loved it. The other thing I like about that poster is because when it's being released Mm -hmm. on this sort of Bay Area with palm trees, it looks like they're just fighting over collectibles at (laughs) Comic-Con. It looks like they're actually invading San Diego (laughs) Comic-Con. Or they're a Pokemon gym. That's right. We've got references, kids. Timely, timely references. Mystic team and the other teams, (laughs) like the kids do. Valor and blue and yellow and reds. Um, and, uh, yeah, that tagline, a rebellion built on hope, yeah, the, the, the nerd chills come up on that. Yeah, yeah. In, in like The Force Awakens did at some points, mm. it captures that, I think that heart of Star Wars is always the very old and the ancient combined yeah. with the shockingly new and weird. And, again, yeah. the poster does that. Of like, it's got the Death Star, it's got Stormtroopers, it's got X-Wings. But they're in this weird formation at a yeah. different looking planet that we've never seen before. So again, just a great right. mashup of new and old. Right. And and that beach, I'm pulling up a picture here so I can reference it again myself. That beach, um, we, we haven't seen anything like this in Star Wars uh, to this degree in this level. I, I did see someone point out uh, to Max Landis on Twitter over the weekend that he said something about, oh, we've never really seen a beach in Star Wars and that's great. And someone said, well, Revenge of the Sith and uh, Kashyyyk. Yeah, and he said, "Well, let's hope well, we all forgot that." But um, that actually was one of my favorite sequences in Sith. Yeah. Um, so we have technically seen beach warfare before. I don't want anyone to argue with that, but we haven't seen palm trees and stormtroopers. Yeah, we haven't seen stormtroopers walking in the water. Yeah, and I like I, I like that scene. I like the scenes on Kashyyyk. Um, it's a lava beach at the end of <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. True. <laughs> so a different kind of come beach. on down to lava yeah. beach with me, kids. <laughs> lava beach. Don't put your legs in the fire. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I, I think it is because it is real yeah it's also like i've mentioned before it Mm. it looks a lot like a level from rogue one of the rogue one games yeah one of the rogue leader games uh okay uh, yeah from rogue leader from the nintendo gamecube uh it looks like fan fiction right there gareth edwards basically describes that scene in the sizzle reel when we're watching that shot of the stormtroopers in the water he says, it's like being a kid and playing with my action figures. Oh, and in yeah. a way, that's this really nice em- embracing of it, Star Wars for now, for the rest of eternity, is going to be fan fiction. Yeah. It's going to be people who are fans totally. making the kind of ideas they used to think of when they're playing with their action figures. And I think a lot of times when we say, well, it's just fan fiction now, there's a hint of negative. But that, yeah. it, that moment was almost a celebration of like, F yeah, it is yeah. fan fiction. It totally is. We're getting to play in the sandbox that uh, Lucas built for us. And this planet, of course, is called Scarif. Is that yeah. where, where we're saying it? Uh, 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 Scarif, uh, which is, uh, I'm excited to learn about new planets. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So the poster's great, and that sends us into... Um, into the featurette, the behind-the-scenes featurette. Again, um, the first time I watched it uh, live as they played it, streamed it um, from the convention, I, I got to say, I was, I was uh, again, I was got like a boxer punched in the face. I was a little disappointed, a little dazed. Yeah. This isn't the trailer. Well, there's a camera in here. What, what am I looking at? <laughs> so I had to watch it a few times to really let it all sink in yeah. and and get my uh, uh get my hope and excitement up for this movie yeah. and it did that it did that for a lot of different reasons that i think you're going to help 
all of us, Joseph, figure out here. <laughs> uh, the first thing is, for me, you, 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 real, genuine, but lived in. Yeah, lived in and kind and hopeful. Yeah. Like the shot of kids mm-hmm. sort of reminding you, like, this is going to be a story about how the Empire affects mm. real people. Mm-hmm. And Jin Erso, who so far we've only seen as a badass. Yeah. Handing a kid looks like some sort of fruit or something. Yeah. Like th- those moments of kindness. Yes. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, so just reminding us constantly of that. Yeah, that, that again, that's why they're having this rebellion, you know, the yeah. Empire and the far-reaching arm of the Empire, and we're seeing in the in the show Rebels what the, they've done on the planet Lothal. It's a smaller example of what the Empire's doing all around the galaxy. So to be reminded and watch Jyn Erso maybe hand some fruit or something to a little girl or yeah. a little kid, whatever that, that scene was, yeah, absolutely, it was, it was a different side. And I'm telling you, this Jyn Erso character is shaping up to me to be one of the more intriguing characters. I, I think I already have a crush on Jyn Erso. Not Felicity Jones. She's great. She's wonderful. Yeah. But uh, whereas, like with with Ray, I have a like a paternal kind of like you're going to be a good hero, kid. Yeah, generous. I'm like I'd like to take her out for a blue milk phosphate, <laughs> um, just because there's so much. There's a strength and there's I, this yeah. this, re- this rebellion side of this character, and I loved how Felicity Jones in the panel was saying this character is kind of already formed in a way. I love that too, and that's a different thing in Star Wars. Our hero kind of already lived. Yeah, it's, you know Han Solo in a way had already lived, but he wasn't. But he was being, set up to be the hero. He was being changed. He goes yep. through a hero's journey a couple right. times. Right. Uh, yeah, I I am already sort of mapping myself onto uh, making that Star Wars connection to Jyn Erso because yep. I saw the actor in a trailer last night. <laughs> and I was like, Jyn Erso. And like, Jyn the movie hasn't even come out yet. And I'm already like <laughs> typecasting her. For the rest of her career. Uh, but the May the Force Be With Us moment also, yes. uh, I think, tied into both of the things we were just talking about of making mm-hmm. it more, having, having more heart, having more kindness. Yeah. And also showing us who Jyn Erso is. And yeah. Like a lot packed in that line of uh, not May the Force Be With You. Right. To somebody else who's going off. Right. Not somebody saying it to her, but may the force be with us. Us. All of us. Yeah. And then in my sort of uber deep dive Star Wars bubble nerd. Love it. I so hope that they kind of touch on the idea of how does the rebellion feel about the force? Because in the original movies, it was just sort of like the force is good and the good guys believe in it and the bad guys kind of laugh at it. Yes. And it's a simple idea. And as ideas develop, now we know like, well, the Empire's kind of trying to quash the idea of Jedi's. Right. Make it even forbidden to think about the force do they legitimately believe in it yeah or is it just sort of a thing that they're saying to each other right now and i hope they explore that just a little bit that's an excellent point because we always talked i I go to growing up for a while you thought uh princess leia was in charge of the the uh, the rebellion or or the the good guys because that's what new hope kind of made you think (laughs) yeah you know and as a young kid you're like oh she's the leader I accept it. She's the princess. Um, so along that was General Jan Dodana saying, the force be with you. And I just kind of thought, like you just said, yeah, oh, the force was, it's force good, was with the good guys. It's a good thing. And the good guys believe in it because they're right. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, the bad guys don't. And so you kind of grow up just kind of assuming that. And you become a Star Wars fan with that notion that, well, the force was only for the good guys. But clearly, as we know, and as uh, things roll out and you go to Mortis and you got the son and the daughter and the father and all these kind of things, you've got so many levels to the force. So I, I, how does a military and how does a burgeoning new government decide to accept that as the religion? You know, it doesn't seem 
seem yeah it's, it's not something you'd see in game of thrones or you'd see a certain house believes in this a certain house believes in that i should say so yeah i do hope they explore that and why a a ragamuffin uh criminal turned hero jen urso uh who's had a checkered past and all these things we're hearing is suddenly saying may the force be with us that's very deep and intriguing yeah and maybe it is a moment toward the end of the film or you mm-hmm. know the, the middle where she's been worked on and is now like i'm a part of the team and this right we're all together we're all bound you know yeah luminous beings are we uh, not this crude matter sorry i just uh you can't you guys can't see it's a podcast i just pushed joseph's <laughs> arm with my three my arm super crude hand. matter um yeah because uh there's no lightsaber in generoso's hand no and I don't think there's going to be I, any here. And I hand. hope there isn't. And it also suggests to a, connect, a canon connection to acknowledging rebels. Yeah. Of like, at this point, when we're getting to learn that mm-hmm. Kanan and Ezra are pretty powerful, yeah. pretty loud within the rebellion, yeah. and that the rebe- everybody in the rebellion kind of knows, oh, good, we got a couple Jedi. Yeah. And we know how helpful they are. That it kind of adds that canon of like, mm-hmm. within the rebellion, they still value Jedi. They still value yeah. the Force and the old ways. And while the Empire's propaganda is like, well, other people shouldn't talk aloud about that. <laughs> they were traitors, and maybe yeah. they were charlatans. Maybe it wasn't even real. Right. So it it's kind of keeps our heroes like, well, we, we're keeping the flame alive. Absolutely. And it connects back to actually making sense with Rebels, because how, how could they forget about it mm-hmm. from, at this point, in Rebels, like, three years ago? Right. When Kanan and Ezra were... <laughs> running around? Yeah, getting everything... They needed with their lightsabers? Yeah, yeah. And you have to answer to the fact that um, in New Hope, you know, Tag and Moti and everyone, it's uh, your sorcerer's ways, Vader. Yeah. Uh, It is a belittled faith. So that has to play out. And if Vader's still going on here, I expect some of that, too, if Vader shows up. I don't expect some sit-down conversation between Director Krennic and Vader about, let's talk about your silly beliefs. But, you know, there has to be some kind of... Uh, uh, Vader has to be a man unto himself to me. Uh, yeah, he can't be. It can't be all about uh, uh, the Force in this thing. That's why. That's why I am intrigued. Yeah, uh, so much about that. And it also gives me a quick hint that maybe the film will deal with why at the beginning of a New Hope mm-hmm. is the mission like we can't do this alone anymore. We need a Jedi. Let's go find Obi Wan because that's, that's a huge point. Yeah. part of what a New Hope is. Yeah, is everything happens because they're like, nope. We need an you're, old, powerful Jedi. You're so right, Joseph. I got, oh, you're the great Star Wars pontificator. <laughs> no, you're so right. That's a forgotten part of New Hope, right? They're going to find the last Jedi. Yeah, because if they, if our heroes succeed in Rogue One, and yeah. they're just like fist pumping, like, yeah, we did it. Like, why wouldn't they be like, great, let's run with this? Why does it, at, at what yeah. point do Leia or Bale say, mm-hmm. all right, you guys did a great job. Like, I would love it if they do this by the skin of their teeth, but we lose half the characters we right, meet. Right, It is devastating and partially because of Vader. Mm-hmm. Connect back to ideas and Rebels of like, yeah, we can't deal with Vader. The ideas and books. And yeah. it would be great if the movie sort of ended on the like, we can go this far, but not any farther without a Jedi. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's, it, if, if Vader, I hope... You know, I don't want to get into plot speculation beat by beat, but like, yeah, I hope Vader's a third act uh, thing. I think I hope he looms over parts of the movie, and I hope he's a third act. Yeah, I hope he comes in, kicks ass because he is the Dark Lord of the Sith, and that, yeah, you're right, causes them to go. We don't have a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a Hulk. The Force was <laughs> kind of with us. Yeah, as much as it could be. You, you can you can say it, you can believe it, but you, we don't have anything to take on that guy. Yeah. He's chasing us right now. We're getting kind of friend zoned by the Force. <laughs> yeah. This is as much as we're gonna. It's ever going to happen between us and the Force. Uh, if ever I can identify with one thing, it's friend zone by the uh, Force. Some of your favorite other moments in the trailer? Yeah, so I think the, one of the huge thing is the creatures. That They're one great. shot of the grumpy old Mon Calamari. 
<laughs> made me so happy to see again that mashup of the old and the new. Yes, yes. Uh, a lot of the flashes of other little characters. That little character who's making the chittering noises, directed mm. to make the chittering noises. Oh, that the, I, the, the gunner character, the gunner th- yeah. character that I think Warwick Davis is playing based on what he's wearing in his interviews. Oh, I have. Yeah, it seems like a classic Warwick Davis character. And was Could I be wrong. a bad Star Wars media discussion podcaster? Was I completely unaware Warwick Davis was in this movie? I don't think. I'm sure in the flood of information that. <laughs> flows through our screens we're like oh yeah this is similar to not uh remembering uh, uh chairman papanodia being in the the, the <laughs> Reb- uh, clone wars or uh I, I i saw that and went oh okay there, awesome yes, there's just there's too much for any one mortal to know <laughs> that's why we we band together uh learn a lot but i think that's great and that character about that character yeah. one that's a Apparently a gunner on a ship, I'm assuming for the rebels, but who knows? Uh, but the, we know the Empire and the Emperor's uh, uh, feel on aliens. Yeah. Um, but uh, I love that moment because, you know, here we are. We all laughed and we all gravitated to that moment. And, and what we all want is this dark, gritty movie. But to have that guy in that moment and as we all laughed and reacted to it shows that this is going to – it's still going to have that Star Wars feel. You're still going to be fist-pumping – and yeah, you're still going to be laughing. Exactly. You're still going to have funny, weird characters. Kind of like appropriate humor for a war movie, which is a weird sentence. But <laughs> like you're in the middle of the explosions and everything, yeah. and then a, a crazy, overzealous creature is like, ah, 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 while it's shooting. <laughs> so like, that's, the, that's the right kind of humor <laughs> in that moment. Absolutely. The, the other humor, the sort of meta humor, and you know that I, I love mm-hmm. Star Wars both uh, sincerely and for the absurdity of what it is. Yeah. And I love watching this trailer in having the perspective of like what this movie is mm-hmm. is torture porn about hitting stormtroopers because <laughs> so many of the shots are just uh, stormtroopers getting hit in the head with this getting this pointed at their neck blowing up from this being smashed into a wall being shot by this it's just stormtrooper abuse it's amazing it's almost gotten out of hand we almost need a hashtag for stormtrooper abuse force awakens <laughs> Did some uh, horrible things to stormtroopers. Yep. Sent them flying. Wookiees throwing them against walls. Um, and this one continues that. By the one that stands out, as you mentioned, I think it's uh, Donnie Yen who's got his uh, his stick there. And he's putting the blade, uh, the pointy end up to the stormtrooper's neck. Yeah, and I got thought, that. wow. If that's just a rehearsal shot, and then that that that's that that pointy end goes through that neck, we got it. We got ourselves a gritty Star Wars. Right. Picture. That's a that's a great question. Whether that's rehearsal, because <laughs> yeah. I just assumed that was a a real thing. We're like, no, we're going to take the helmet off and remind you mm-hmm. this is not a clone. This is a unique human being, and Donnie Yen going to kill him, <laughs> and you're going to have fun. Yeah, like yeah. There's definitely a lot of that there, uh, and it all seems to be the classic stormtroopers. You know what I mean? Uh, and we got the dark troopers and the shore troopers and a lot of cool yeah. new troopers, cool new figures to collect. Kids. Yeah, but I'm happy to see so many just classic stormtroopers too. Yeah, you know you got to lock down the old if you're going to do this much new. Absolutely, and they got to have the right amount of black under because there's a difference between New Hope. And Jedi Stormtroopers. Yes, yes. So you can see more of their yes. yeah, undersuit. Yes, as a kid, that was one of my favorite moments to realize. There's different classes of Stormtroopers, <laughs> so they improved their armor as they went on. Um, so, yeah, they've got to play with that there. Uh, other little moments, uh, some stuff I liked is um, there's one shot there. Uh, I'm fascinated already with Diego Luna's character, Cassian Andor. Yeah. Uh, there's something just great about that name. There's something just great about his look. Um, I'm glad he's not playing Big Stark Lighter, some of the early rumors I thought. And I love the moment he gets captured. There's this little moment there, and his he's got the big parka on, he's got a blaster, and it just 
looks like Star Wars. It really does. It yeah. totally it, looks like Star Wars. His jacket looks like Han's yeah. Hoth outfit. Reminiscent. So I like that it is just sort of like, well, these are jackets that float around in the galaxy. Rebel issued? <laughs> yeah, Rebel issued, or just like, this is what you buy at whatever version of, like, Kohl's they have in Star well, Wars. That's why I go back to one of my spotlight Star Wars, where I, I said if I was in the Star Wars universe, the job I'd want is to be a, a uniform shop owner on Coruscant. <laughs> because, you know, someone's got to buy these and someone's got to make these here, you know? some At some point, uh, Palpatine said, uh, Tarkin, I want you to choose the gray over the black belt. Um, go order a lot of them. Uh, but no yeah. cake for you, Tarkin. <laughs> Krennic gets the cake. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and it's a, that's what I loved about the feature right here that I'm sure the trailer, once we finally see it, we'll be able to break it down even more. But um, those there's so many little, little tiny moments. Uh, another one for me is um, they showed it from behind the scenes of the camera, behind the view of the camera. Uh, looks like Jin and I think Cassian. I can't remember. I have to refresh myself. Anyways, Jin and a, another rebel, and they're running, and there's an explosion, and they fall, and, and yep. shrapnel and pieces are flying everywhere. There's some little moment about that. I can't fully explain it. Just gravitate to it. Yeah. You know? Just have, oh, like, oh, we're going to have some fun. Uh, yeah, I think it, it captures that sort of shaky cam. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry, we're not backing away from this being a war yeah. movie. We're not backing away from this being different. Yeah. Um, and I, again, I think it was just all these flavor things that married the old and the new. And one of the old things that I love that we've debated about, whether they'd go for it, mm-hmm. is the straight-up 70s stash on the <laughs> Rebel pilot. Yes, they talk about the one who uh, climbs into the cockpit yeah. laughing and, and I think it's like the actor is just like, I can't believe I think, I'm in yeah, a which, cockpit. Which is a great uh, uh, thing. But he's thing. got yeah. the big old 70s stash uh, and I, all the scenes of the kind of older dudes mm-hmm. in various rebel bases yeah. look like they're the bearded old men we know and love. Yeah, uh, I, I do believe we're seeing uh, General Jan Dodonna, but you could be right. It could be just, uh, you know, his cousin Phil. Uh, <laughs> Phil Dodonna. Phil Dodonna. He's a Major, um, but yeah, we got a brief shot of Mon Mothma. Yeah, um, I'm. I, I I in the trailer. I, I I don't know if we're gonna get more Mon Mothma, but I'm. I know we're gonna get more in the movie, and I I'm so intrigued by what they're gonna do with Mon Mothma in this movie. Yeah, uh, I think it's great. I think it's a key thing, and and it's and it's putting the. Uh, on screen for all the world to see what we Star Wars fans know from reading books and comics that this is a very powerful woman uh, who factors in greatly uh, if you're reading Life Dead. Yeah. Um, there's stuff in there between her and Leia that you're like, this is a very powerful figure that didn't just show up in Jedi to utter a famous line about Bothans. Right. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm intrigued. So I, and the trailer, I hope I don't, I hope I don't get too much Mothma because I don't oh, think... Oh, really? I, I, I want to hold back. It's almost... Go with me, Internet. I'm not as I'm almost as excited as as for Mothma as I am Vader, if that makes any sense. I'm more excited for Vader, to be clear. Yeah, but there's something about connecting the story as a whole because I get lost into these little rabbit holes um, where uh, the first Leia comic from Marvel this year. I, I didn't enjoy the five issue run as much as maybe others did, but there's some great stuff in it, and I. Love the comic starts a minute after the Death Star explodes, and they're on Yavin 4, and they're evacuating. Nice. Akbar's there. And so as a kid watching Jedi, and you see new characters and yeah. new action figures like Mothma, Maydeen, uh, Nadine, and, and, and Akbar, I'm like, well, where were they? Yeah. So when we're in Cloud City, is Akbar sitting around planning stuff? And, of course, they are. Yeah. So I love now that now, 30 years later, 
Mothma was there. Yeah, was she on Hoth? Was she on too? Hoth? Was she on Hoth? Was she there? Yeah. Who's General Rykand? Why was he in charge of Hoth? Who's he? And there's a structure, and I love crawling up into that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited that she's there, and excited, and I think it's important. Yeah, and I think she represents something. We've learned from the books who she is. There's mm-hmm. the great stuff, like you were saying, about just how powerful she is. There's the yeah. great stuff in Bloodline. About how the New Republic kind of falls apart just because she was keeping it together by force of personality. Yes. So we know that she's strong. Yeah. We know that the Rogue One mission is kind of a dicey, do anything you have to to get this done. We know that Saw is going to represent that perspective. Yes. So that means, like, is she going to be this other moral pole who Mm -hmm. believes in right and justice and is not comfortable with having to do... Right. Horrible things. Well, because one of the first things she does as the chancellor of the New Republic is try to demilitarize it. Yeah. Or, or scale back. So she's got that in her. And so, yeah, you're right. There's got to be a conflict. Uh, a knowing, uh, you know, we, from the teaser with a great moment, your favorite moment uh, is that little uh, knowing smirk from Mothma mm-hmm. to Jyn Erso. Knowing that they have to, you know, in, in, in figuratively get in bed with these type of characters. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of play there. And yeah. it's, it's interesting to me that, uh, and I'm excited that Mothma and probably Dodonna, and who knows, maybe there's a right camp. Yeah. I, I, want, I want two Mon Mothma scenes and I'll be happy. Yeah, That's I don't need it to be If I get one Mon Mothma scene, I'd be upset, but I need yeah. two. Yeah, I need to. Totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. We are fan clubs of uh, the Mon Mothma fan club. That's here. right. Um, other other moments that stand out to you, and I do want to discuss the, uh, the Gareth Edwards moment, maybe separately. Oh, Joseph, but, yeah. But um, it, any other things we can crawl up into in your uh, yeah, shows? I think the little bit of connection to me to a strange connection to the Force Awakens, and you kind of made the joke mm-hmm. when we were watching it. Yeah. Like, hey, I think that music is that mm-hmm. they've been using for Rogue One is yeah. evocative of Ray's theme. It is. It's this sort of new uh, part of Star Wars music. Yeah. That's a little bit more mournful, a little bit more gentle. It's not as bombastic. Yep. Uh, so there's kind of, it feels a little bit like the Force Awakens vibe. And then we do see a little girl who does seem to have the same yeah. hair design as Rey. Yeah. Which is like, come on, guys. Are you, what, what, are you, what are you doing? Are you trying to get us? Because you made the joke of like, it's Rey's mom. It's Rey's mom. <laughs> yeah. It, so I think that's fascinating, that little bit of like, are they playing are with, they us? with us? Are they effing with us? They have a little fun with it. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the overall, the featurette review, re, to me reveals that there's some beautiful shots in this movie. Uh, yeah. some iconic shots in the, in the making. Um, and uh, I, I love uh, the different settings. Seeing the moisture evaporator on a hill that's not made of sand yeah. is interesting to me. Yeah, and that was very evocative yeah. of uh, lots of different things. Like, it looked a lot like a uh, Mace Windu scene in the Clone Wars animated series mm. that, that they made before the Clone Wars, uh, Gennady Tarkovsky's. Yes. yes. So it, it's it's really weird and powerful to see images on film that are little bits and pieces of what used to be expanded. Yes. Fiction, like video games and cartoons yeah. that aren't canon. Yeah. And there's something reassuring about that. Of Absolutely. They're doing a good. It's not just, like I said it's not just fan service to me. And the, the, there's little moments that are nods, but yeah. I think they're doing a good job of pulling it all together. It's almost as if they said, "Hey, when we destroyed canon and said we're going to rebuild it, you should have trusted us." <laughs> yeah, you know what? Maybe that's my biggest takeaway from this yeah. trailer. Talking about it is is flavor mm-hmm. of. I would be stoked to watch this with no sound. Uh, mm. That's not what I want, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But I think you know, separating sort of uh, plot. And ideas, mm-hmm. it's just so aesthetically pleasing. Yes. 
because that mashup of new and old and how it looks, yeah. I just feel like even if I really don't like some of the plot choices they make or some of the mm-hmm. character choices, I'm going to love looking at this film. Yeah. And I think that's maybe the new excitement of, if nothing else, yeah, I'm going to be in heaven for two hours just looking at it. It looks, and we, we haven't seen it play out on a big screen for two hours. Um, Force Awakens, you, everyone knows I love Force Awakens. It still had a very clean look to me. Yeah. Um, I, I was worried... I, I can't remember, refresh my. I think you were a little worried too. The opening scene, the Lor Senteca Poe scene, and then um, uh, oh, you know what? It was Mark Ellis who had said it. Mark yeah. Ellis Schmoes. He was worried watching Force Awakens the first time that the f- opening scene with Kylo and and, and Finn turning and all that stuff was very clearly on a soundstage. It was yeah. shot so crisp and clear. A lot of that might be with 3D and everything. And, and, and go with me on this. It just it wasn't bad. I love the movie, but Force Awakens had a sheen to it that sometimes. Um, you know, New Hope definitely doesn't have. And again, they they tried. The, the, the Falcon looks good. Everything's yeah. good. Don't, no, no one get me wrong. But this one, what we're seeing so far, seems so close to what New Hope looked like. Yeah. That you're right. I think I'm just going to enjoy that they they didn't just, let's eh, recreate it. They, they did it. They went back into the world yeah. that we all grew up in. And still made it fresh. Yeah. Like Gareth that Edwards makes, said. It, that makes any sense. I may be hungover. <laughs> So you wanted, you wanted to touch on Gareth Edwards? Let's talk about this, because <laughs> I saw some tweets coming out of it, uh, uh, the feature at Plan, uh, people saying, uh, is Gareth Edwards throwing some shade, uh, like we're in a Taylor Swift-Kanye battle here, uh, throwing some shade at Force Awakens. Oh, and, really? And I, Interesting. Uh, and, I, and I was like, oh, what, what are they talking I went, went looking for news bites, thinking maybe I missed a story. Yeah. Uh, so I went back and watched a feature at like second time, and then I, I see it, and it's the quote of him saying... Uh, I'm not quoting, I'm paraphrasing what he's saying right now, but uh, hey, you know, there's something about creating the familiar, but if you don't do something new and different, what are you bringing to the table? Right. And a lot of people, I think, interpreted it as a, a shot at Force Awakens. Absolutely don't think that was. No. Um, but it was, to me, very intentional that they put that in there. Yeah. As a company. Yeah. I feel like that has nothing to do with the Force Awakens. I feel like he he said a lot of things, mm-hmm. and then... Uh, the company cut it apart to tell us what we want to yeah. hear, to communicate yeah. what they want to communicate. And I think it's entirely about a Star Wars story. Yeah. I think it's about pitching the standalone movies mm-hmm. and yeah. reassuring, like, don't worry, these are not going to be tired retreads. Yeah. Because that's their huge marketing battle of yeah. unique, but it's got to be familiar. And uh, yeah, I think that's all, all there is to that is yeah. reassuring us that it's going to be the new and the old. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there. I don't think anyone in Lucasfilm number one would want to take a shot at their own movie. Nope. Uh, and number two, uh, I don't know if they go around the office thinking, "Gee, we added a third Death Star, huh?" I don't think no, anyone's worried about that. We better no. address those complaints or those issues that people have with Force Awakens being a a, a cover song of, of a New Hope, yeah. you know, or, or or the original trilogy because there's definitely Empire and Jedi in there as well. We as fans agree that they did some of those things and abrams agree will go out there and go yeah i agree we we are resetting it's a circle it's it's what we tried to do yeah so i don't think anyone in those offices is going hey did gareth edwards put that quote in because I, I want people to think rogue one is new and different and not like force awakens i agree with you it is about telling everybody this is outside the bounds of the saga that you're familiar with but it, you're gonna like it it's gonna be star wars but it's gonna be unlike any of the star wars movies you see yeah and I would argue that maybe, from what we're seeing, Gareth Edwards is playing it 
safe in his own way Mm -hmm. because he's giving us very specifically a New Hope era stuff. Yeah. And then the new stuff he's adding is stuff that we kind of already know that the fan base likes. Like explosions and hitting stormtroopers a lot with sticks. Whereas I think The Force Awakens, some of the new stuff it did, some people just aren't done with. Yeah. So I think that confuses the conversation because, hey, Rathar's brand new. Nothing yeah. like it. A lot of people don't like them. I'm, I'm alone <laughs> on my little Rathar like an island. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what. I've been playing slowly. It's not my favorite game, I will admit. The Lego Star Wars Force Awakens. Okay. Um, and the Rathar scene, you know, I was like, okay. The right. Rathars look a little better in Lego. <laughs> look a little better that in Lego. That would have been the truly bold choice. Uh, Why I, not? I just got to. Side note, I just got to. You've been playing the game at all? I haven't. Okay. I I wouldn't necessarily recommend. I, it's not a must play, but I did just finish the Ray's Vision sequence. Oh, you play through that? You get up to it, and you go into Maz Kanata's castle and all the stuff, and they take. There's new dialogue, and then they take a lot of dialogue directly from the movie. But okay. then it goes. It's a it's a Lego fight vis- version, yeah. but um, it's pretty accurate. And you go through the vision. It's it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's it's amazing. Cool. And one of the Knights of Ren has like. Um, has uh, like a like like you were a knight. He has like a feather on the top of his helmet. Really, something I really hadn't. Uh, I don't a, know if the Lego just added it as a nod to castle Legos. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, but it was kind of cool. It's a bold choice. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'm okay go. with, but yeah, maybe yeah. not. Maybe not. The Knights of Ren are literal Knights of Ren. <laughs> oh no! They walk around. Oh, pretending. so the Ren is Renfest. <laughs> uh, brave Sakilo. Uh, <laughs> no <laughs> veto. I like certain new stuff, not other new so stuff. So as we transition to other news that's coming out so far this week, Joseph, uh, any any closing thoughts on the Rogue One featurette? No, I'm just thrilled with it. I'd say my main two takeaways when I watched it first, grumpy old Mon Calamari, stormtroopers <laughs> walking out of the water. What more could a fellow want? What more could a fellow want indeed? We got Jyn Erso leading the rebellion that do not, do not forget was built and is built on hope. We're excited for Rogue One. I'm sure we're going to have a trailer soon. More stuff coming out. It is so close. We're less than half a year away to Star Wars, uh, a Star Wars story. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Let me get the title right. Sorry, Lucasfilm. So from there, we're going to transition into some other news coming out of Celebrations. So, Joseph, this morning I woke up to some unexpected Star Wars news. It was some pleasant Star Wars news, uh, but as always, because of the property or the show it's involved in, I, I always have a little bit of a dubious, dubious uh, eyebrow raise towards yes, it. Yes, Star Wars Rebels. Yes. You and I, I think, come down on the same side on Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, I have always had issues with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the issues continue to dissipate as they like mm-hmm. more and more stuff, but some yeah. of the issues are still there. Uh, I, too, don't fully love the show Rebels. And then it goes to commercial break. And I remember I'm watching a show on Disney XD. And maybe I should just get over some of it. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that there hasn't been things that uh, I haven't been giant fans of, uh, Puffer Pigs and whatnot. But yes. overall, Rebels <laughs> has been doing a great job and has been getting increasingly better and increasingly darker and grittier as you can get on a Disney XD show. Um, and as a big as a fan as I am of Ahsoka Tano, it, uh, it brought her back, and I'm forever grateful for that. Yeah. And it may have ended her, though I don't believe that. No, I don't think so. So this morning at Star Wars Celebrations, uh, the big news hit, let's not bury the lead anymore, Hondo's back. Kidding. <laughs> uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn has returned and in full force. Yeah. Because we're going to get a novel, a Thrawn novel in 2017 from Timothy Zahn himself, based off this character now coming back 
It is in canon. Yep. Thrawn is in Rebels. Yeah, and I feel like that is the big shift in what this show is. Is it started as a very safe, very cute Disney show mm-hmm. that used a lot of Star Wars things we know to make us feel happy. Yeah. Uh, but now it has evolved, not only into being darker, but into basically just Dave Filoni, mm-hmm. his rescue service for things <laughs> from the Clone Wars and from canon that has been excised. It's this Dave Filoni going around and saying, no, no, get on the boat. It'll be okay. Get on the ship. I love that vision. I love that idea. And it's probably somewhat true. I yeah. still think they felt they had more stories to tell with Clone Wars. And, and this was an interesting way to, to uh, pull some of the stuff into the universe and now put that big, giant Pablo Hidalgo, Leland Chi stamp <laughs> of canon on everything. We had been... Hearing there was talk last year when Sarah Michelle Geller was announced to join the the cast of Rebels as an unknown character, and there was some thought, oh, it's Mara Jade, yeah, um, a character based on Mara Jade. Instead, said she's the Inquisitor, one of the Inquisitors, and I and actually I thought so far actually that was my favorite Inquisitor, though the Grand Inquisitor is interesting, and when you learn he was a Jedi Temple guard, interesting layers to that. Um, so it was natural. Uh, I've been hearing the Thrawn thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Some of it just blazoned uh, hope and deep in the in the heart of Christian Harloff <laughs> and other just uh, smart speculation and good and a good bet. Yeah. And now that it's here, um, I, I want to talk to you first about maybe your reaction to Thrawn as a character back in the 90s. Yeah. And how you viewed the character then. I am excited for Thrawn returning. I am yeah. not anywhere near as big of a Thrawn fan as most Star Wars fans are. I like elements of his character, yeah. and then there are other elements that uh, are the height of my Star Wars nerd rage, mm. and that goes okay. back to Zahn's novels. I love the uh, strategic, the tactician, and right. I love what they're doing with that in Rebels. We can talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about that. I thought that was a great uh, yeah. reveal. I like the sort of uh, the 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 discussion of speciesism. Yes. Of the Empire will quietly use someone if they're of value, but their yeah. forward face is that humans are best. Yeah. Uh, I think that was fascinating. His creatures, the Yasumlari, yeah. I don't know exactly <laughs> how to say the, them. The uh, salami. The, the, the Y salami. The Y salami. Yasumlari. Timothy Zahn was, was known for creating some very hard to say space words. Yeah, like, I dare you to say it out loud. And I want to be able to say it well so I can curse them. I yes. hate okay. the idea of a creature that limits the force. It is just a slap in the face to Yoda's line mm-hmm. of the, in all living things. Yeah. It, it's, the, it's that thing that tips Star Wars from space fantasy, space opera into sci-fi. Gotcha. And, it, and it's the classic Superman problem that mm-hmm. I think Star Wars has wrestled with. Of you, you create a powerful character, then how do you limit them? How and I hate things that one? limit the Jedi power that's not... Character based. You have two things to put in their way: a, a Toydarian yep. and 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 the Y salamis. Yeah, greed and little furry creatures <laughs> that block their powers. I mean, that's just like that's not Star Wars. That's yeah. like, like a bullshit D and D rule of like yeah. you know you yeah. rolled a four. Yeah, now I your force powers are blocked. It. I hate it. So I'm glad I, it sounds like they're that. not doing that. Yeah. So I'm th- bottom line. I've always been mixed on Thrawn. Hmm. Super thrilled by what they've presented. Yeah. In this, I think in particular that idea that. Not just, oh, I'm a great military tactician, because we've seen that, mm-hmm. but the idea of, like, I need to understand them in depth. I need to understand their mm-hmm. culture, where they come yeah. from, their art. It's like, that's deep, cool yeah. ideas, like anthropological ideas that Lucas liked about Star Wars. Yes. And 
also will let us get to know the characters better, I think. Absolutely. I, I definitely will say I'm a Thrawn fan. Um, I, though, was more intrigued by uh, Mara Jade and even Talon Card, uh, Zahn's other tri- uh, the, the other three characters in his trifecta of big non-canon characters that yeah. everyone pines after. Um, only because it was a smuggler scoundrel thing. But I did love the Thrawn. I, I'm not going to sit here and lie. Um, but I, too, as, I, as, as uh, you get farther away from it, um, you know, a, a clone Jedi and all these kind of second generation clone and and uh, b- the blue skin alien thing is it, I, I, it wasn't I, I, I Thrawn is great, but um, what I do like is it seems though they are bringing him back and it is number one maybe the good parts so to speak yeah the blue skin's still there but um, and I, I'm not a, I'm not an, a, a speciesist. I'm yeah. not on the Empire, so I'm just... Blue skin, red eyes is just a great design. It looks cool <laughs> yeah. as hell. Um, but uh, I do like so far what it seems like the execution of this character will be in the story. It will. It is Thrawn. Yeah. It isn't Ted Thrawn. It is Grand Admiral Thrawn, the yeah. Thrawn we know, uh, whether you love him or hate him. And it seems like they're going to do it in a realistic way, and that excites me. It excites me for maybe what could come later on with some of the maybe other characters. Yeah. I think one of the things that's been hard with Rebels is they have so outsmarted the Empire because our heroes need to win, but that means mm-hmm. we see just dumb stormtroopers. Yes. And if they make it a narrative thing of the Empire's been lazy and they've just tried to throw a lot of stormtroopers mm-hmm. at people and with Jedi and really talented yeah. fighters, that doesn't work. So then you get making it into the, a narrative thing of like, well, the tactician... Now we we need to see our heroes lose. We yeah. need to see Thrawn win a lot. And we need to see them work really hard yeah. to understand him and outthink him. And if they're lazy on that, then I think they're going to botch his return. Right. And that's a good point. Uh, the, the first season of Rebels had um, you know, too many stormtroopers missing. And it was a joke that you you and I have talked about off air. You, you said it, a joke that died 15 years ago. Yeah. The stormtroopers can't shoot. Um, that's one of the reasons I didn't like season one of Rebels. It was too much buffoonery yeah. uh, out of a, a well-organized military machine. So, yeah, maybe that is the narrative. And and we talk uh, – it looks like they're talking about it a little bit with uh, – uh, I believe that's Sindula. Uh, uh, isn't that Harris' father there yes, saying – Yes, Camp Sindula. saying, uh, you know, I've underestimated this commander. There's more precision and everything. So, yeah, maybe this is the turning of the tide. And maybe it's Tarkin and the Emperor saying, all right, Governor Price, who looks like Kate Blanchett from uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Um, it, this is a serious problem now. We're starting to be. So how are we going to fix it? How are we going to get better and how yeah. are we going to start winning? Yeah. That's a good narrative. You're right. Yeah. That should be it. And that hopefully it's about that whole squadron and mm-hmm. not just about Jedi. Because if it's just about Jedi, then mm-hmm. it should be Vader. Yeah. In the in Inquisitors handling it. So if it yeah. is more about like this bigger, this Rebel Cell is doing really well tactically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your Y-Wings? Oh, yeah. How? Team Y-Wing. Hashtag Team Y-Wing. Uh, looks like they're going to go rescue some Y-Wings from captivity. <laughs> some wild Y-Wings are going to be taken home and made into house pets. Uh, definitely like that. And I like that kind of stuff as we talk about, you know, how... And this is what the show has done well and why I've always said, hey, sometimes I don't like it, but I overall love what they're doing and I yeah. trust Filoni and his team. I've always said that. Um, season one, it's a small thing on Lethal that's about stealing fruit from stormtroopers, you know, and it grows and grows. <laughs> and season two, it gets bigger and Rex is back and Ahsoka's back. And you're, these cells are starting to become attached and these rebel cells didn't know the other cells existed, et cetera, et cetera. So I like that now we're starting to see, they, they actually say, we need these Y-wings we can start building a strike force. Yeah. And now we're seeing the rebel line really really coming together and grow and that's exciting too yeah absolutely fulfills the promise of the title rebels 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We need to see them actually constructing the rebellion. I think the thing that I have been liking the most about this series, and it amped up a lot in the second season, is uh, stories about the Force and about the yes. old structure of the Jedi and the Sith. Mm-hmm. Like something like a holocron, we kind of all accept as fans, and it's popped up here and there. Right. But this might be the most major in-canon story, it looks like, season three. Mm-hmm. And the end of season two, that's going to rotate around a holocron. And we're yeah. going to get to really learn a yeah. lot more about how they function, what is their purpose. And even with like the amount of time they spend in Jedi temples and the idea of Kanan being blind and that right. truly not matter, it connects back to the blast shield. I just feel like they're doing some nice deep dives into mm-hmm. the Force and not being hand-wavy about it. Yes, which was some of the best stuff of Clone Wars. You know, yeah. talk about the Mortis stuff, talk about uh, Season 5, Yoda learning, and uh, Revan and all that stuff popping up. So, yeah, I'm excited to see that because there were some shots in here of um, Kanan fighting what looked like uh, the Army of the Dead of, from Return of the King. Um, but th- that, to me, uh, gets me excited because we're going to go, some secrets will be revealed. Yeah. You know, and, and there's there's a lot about the talk of uh, the secrets in the Holocron. Whatever Ezra saw, he whispers at the end, the secret to, to destroying the Sith. Yeah. So Maul's back, as we knew. Um, yeah, that's kind of the, some of the stuff that these shows can do, whether they're on Disney XD or a live action show comes out later on and it's Old Republic or whatever, um, that you can take a little bit more time. Yeah. And uh, more than just Maz Kanata saying a couple lines, you know, I mean, you can really take some time and explain the force in ways we still don't know because it's all in George's head. Yeah. And it's like, I love that it's really intriguing that they have that line early on of like the holocron already did some damage. I'm paraphrasing, but you've already been affected by the holocron. You see him open it. Obviously, I don't know if the Holocron made him get a haircut. I don't know if that's how it affected him. <laughs> and they all grew up. They all grew up a little bit. Uh, so maybe there's some, been some time. So I wonder if yeah. that's almost going to be a mystery of like, how, how has it affected him besides right. just kind of right. standard dark side stuff? Also super intrigued by that last line of the secret to, according to that Holocron, what, yeah. what is going to be the secret to destroying the Sith? Because if it tracks with how we know the Sith were destroyed, mm-hmm. it's going to be the real Harry Potter answer of love. <laughs> It's like that's how Luke ultimately triumphed and convinced his father to overthrow thousands of years of Sith. The the holocron that Ezra opens was just like a little uh, music box. It just played, love. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, that's uh, that's big stuff. I don't think we'll, you know, probably not get that answer directly this season, but uh, it's good. And then this character, this big, giant, monstrous character, calling himself the Bendu, which if you know the history of uh, Lucas writing that, the Jedi Bendu is what he originally referred to them as and pulled from other sources and and, and influences. Uh, You got excited watching that, right? Hugely excited for two reasons. Voiced by Tom Baker, the fourth Mm -hmm. doctor. So Uh, a huge connection to, like, the most huge and powerful Mm -hmm. Doctor Who Star Wars connection. There's been lots of um, smaller actors from the original trilogy who are also on Doctor Who uh, Uh, being British. But that's huge to bring somebody uh, from another fandom that I'm as into as Doctor Who into Star Wars. And then the actual character looks really fascinating. Yeah. Instead of just going back to the temple and keeping Mm -hmm. on talking to Yoda, which is exciting and I hope we see more of. Again, it's that expanding the force. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of connects back to Maz Kanata of yeah. if this big wide galaxy is peppered with force sensitive beings, mm-hmm. not Jedi or Sith, mm-hmm. but just force sensitive. Like there's just a weird giant with a quirky, strange British man's voice. who's just like, <laughs> I have some cryptic things to say about the force too. <laughs> 
Like that just that makes no me one so happy. Previously asked my opinion of what this was. <laughs> um, yeah, and it does it. Uh, you can do that to me. You could do that in bad ways, and yeah. and the comics because they're comics, and you have you have the ability to do different things. You know what I mean? Um, there's a, if you're reading the Poe Dameron comic, there's something that just popped up in one of the uh, issues that I, I didn't actually like, uh, but that's still the comic overall is great. Um, it wasn't necessarily related to the Force, but it was another weird alien species it had to do with an egg, and an egg cracked open, and there was a dark side and a light. And it was Yoshi, right? It was Yoshi. Uh, yeah, um, it was uh, it was it was a ratata, and it came out, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> It, it it didn't strike. It just was okay. It's weird to be weird to me, and yeah. sometimes the comics get to do that because they're comics. Um, so that character intrigues me, scares me, and then intrigues me again. Okay, I see. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, a bit of, come here, what's go that? Away. Oh no, it's a big weird comic booky character. Oh no, I yeah. like what he's saying. It's a big giant force yeah. goat blue thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big Jedi goat. Jedi, the, the goat of the, the Jedi. The rancor goat. Yeah, but it excites me. Like, where is that creature? Is it the kind of creature that just like, uh, I just observe things. I don't want to get involved. Can, yeah. You know, it, can it even move? Yeah. You know, and maybe it has a radical opinion that's sort of like, oh, you know what, Ezra, go ahead and play with the dark side. Play with it. And it's the only way the things are going to... Character talks about being in the middle, right? Yeah, and he, it, the, I think in particular it says there, you know, there's once you know a secret, you can never unlearn that mm-hmm. secret. Which is, uh, you know, an appealing, interesting idea. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know if that holocron is going to be full of unnatural things that Sith have done over time that right. have been promised, and he just yeah learns all these strange, gross things that the Sith have done over time. Yeah, could be, could be. This all probably fuels the Ezra Snoke theories uh, that people want to believe. Um, uh, maybe, uh, maybe uh, Thrawn is Snoke. I don't yeah, know. I, I, I was looking at the YouTube comments for yeah. the video, and I was scrolling through hundreds of them, and a lot of them are a debate over Rebels better than Clone Wars. Should they bring Mar Jade back instead of Thrawn? Do you like Thrawn? Kind of deep dive, and then the very last comment is just in one word: Snoke. <laughs> it's like okay. Fair enough. Did you read the uh, YouTube comment, or was it, did it say D. Filoni 13? <laughs> I think Something it did. like that. Another, uh, another part of the trailer uh, that we got to see for Rebel Season 3 uh, brings back Hondo. I don't mind Hondo. I get Hondo. There's a certain appeal to Hondo, but it does speak to some of the stuff maybe we don't like in these shows. Yeah, as grumpy old men. A thrilling trailer full of action, information about the Force, and then like a good five seconds of Hondo just laughing at his own joke. Like, (laughs) all right, that's what Rebels is. Like, sometimes there are going to be those episodes that are just a little bit more mundane, I guess. Mundane and mundane. And again, look, I I like Hondo enough. There's some moments I like with Hondo. I can accept him as a character in the Star Wars universe, but um, the design of his friend, who's appeared on so many times, a little. Or per, uh, that pig, little piggish. It, it's uh, it's like a fart come to life. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> Uh, it, it's a little bit of an eye roll for me, but again, yeah. I could take that. I don't need this to be twenty two episodes of intensity. I understand yeah. that. I um, like his relationship with Ezra, and even in that one yeah. shot, like everybody's like, "We have to break this asshole yeah. out," and Ezra's smiling, happy to see him. Kind of makes Ezra a rogue, like Han. Yeah, it adds a little bit to his a character little bit there. So Honda will be back. We'll have a lot. We got battle droids back. Yeah. Some clankers. I'm really excited and intrigued by that one line. Mm-hmm. I'm a prequels always. I'm happy to see prequel stuff. Too. Yep. So to see battle droids, the story of why they're there. But then Rex's line of like the one last day in the Grand, Grand Army, Army of the Republic. Republic. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that mean? I hope we're not getting rid of Rex. I took it as Rex is going. But, um, but 
Pablo Hidalgo will have you convinced that the old uh, bearded oh, that's right. guy on Endor is Rex. So that's maybe right. Rex survives. That's right. Uh, uh, I don't accept that either. I, I fully, Pablo, no, but. that's canon. I accept that. Oh, that assuages <laughs> all of my fears. I'm very happy. Well, maybe he's going to go join another. Maybe so. he is. But I love him. I want him to continue to be a regular. Yeah, no, absolutely. Show. I'm glad. I'm glad he is. I'm glad he is so, so far, even if we do uh, lose him in some Oof. way at the end of the season. Thanks. Um, now I don't have to be stressed out. I was going to be stressed. I forgot about that. Don't Rex. be stressed about that. Rex survives all the way to Endor. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of surviving all the way through the original trilogy, one of the characters that survived and is still going strong in the books is Wedge and Tilly's. And it appears as though Wedge is going to be in Rebels as a Imperial Academy student TIE fighter trainee turned uh, rebel. 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 I rebel. Yes. Rebel. And now you think that there is mm. some canon problems here. Um, I'm not, uh, yeah, I don't want to get on to... Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> but I also don't want to be one of those. Okay. <laughs> and I talked about on Spotlight Star Wars, people have asked, hey, is new canon ever going to get muddled? And I just think the story group is in too much control, and I mean that in a good way, yeah. to, to not to, to cross the streams, so to yeah. speak. Um, but Wedge, this backstory of Wedge is, uh, in canon was never clear. Um, uh, you know, he appeared in other things and other games and all that kind of stuff. You have to go by what the canon side of the tab on Wikipedia now. But he made, uh, you know, he's featured very prominently in Aftermath mm-hmm. uh, and has appeared um, other spots as well. Uh, Lost Stars, right? He's there, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Gosh, it's all, they all roll into one now. Yeah. There's so many books. Um, I'm ha- about halfway through Aftermath Life Dead, and I love it. Uh, I actually really enjoy it. Um, but there's stuff put out there about Reg- Wedge's backstory that he joined uh, the rebellion because of what the Empire did to someone he loved. And then he did it because a friend using the name Fulcrum as we now know, Ahsoka Tano recruited him to the rebellion. Mm-hmm. So all that still counts, and all that still could be where we're going. It just, at no point did did he say, uh, you know, I was a TIE fighter pilot. Yeah. Uh, in fact, he had been decommissioned as a pilot uh, when he joined the re- rebellion. There, there was some kind of injury, some kind of stuff there. He couldn't fly anymore. Then he kind of worked his way back up, f- got on freighters, and then just kind of now he's a top pilot for the rebellion. So there's some stuff there that they're going to answer. I'm sure they're going to answer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just by itself, it's cool to tell that story and to use a a pilot, a rebel Mm -hmm. that we know well. It also struck me as weird because when you're saying this, Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking, oh, this is a great uh, story that Ahsoka Fulcrum recruited Mm -hmm. him two years ago. And he's in as a spy. Yeah. But then that's starting to get uh, muddled with Rogue One, where we've learned that one of the characters is going to be a spy. Uh Uh And then we've learned that another character in Rogue One Mm -hmm. is is an Imperial pilot. Yeah. So I don't think that they're going to... I don't think the story group is going to screw up the canon in terms of just contradicting themselves. Absolutely. But I think they're going to paint themselves into corners where things are like a little too tight or a little too similar. Yeah, it's like I almost... um I almost don't need the start of Wedge in Rebels. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I, I like Wedge a lot. I absolutely love Wedge. But uh, um, I don't need every character that I know and love to suddenly pop up with some cool or not cool backstory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some things can be left unanswered to me. So I'm worried. Uh, also, you know, in terms of the storyline, uh, yeah, if if he's recruited now uh, and Ahsoka's not around, or maybe this means Ahsoka still lives, uh, which I do believe so. Then you know, then these questions are being raised, and, and I'm sounding like a, a you know an armchair quarterback, and I get it. I don't want to be 
uh, one of those. But this is what we do. We have a show. So that just, and I'm speaking honestly, and that, that raised questions for yeah, me. Yeah, there needs to be I balance need in wedge. the podcasting. I did need so to be we balance. have to have our, our grumpy side from I time to time. Still don't like Chewbacca, Mom. But um, <laughs> uh, I guess my reaction was, it went like this. Oh, Wedge. Oh, Wedge. And I, and I, don't, I don't need that. Yeah. Every season, some big return. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think uh, I am happy with it from the perspective of I. there's the one kind of not realistic, if we don't encounter characters that we knew were there and yes. doing things at the same time, yes. is just as unrealistic as if mm-hmm. they never meet them. So, yeah. I, you know, I like... I like tying things together. I, I, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. And I definitely, like I said, I trust everything they're doing. It, it, look, it's like uh, Lost Stars is my favorite of the new canon. Um, but even then, there were some Forrest Gump times of, oh, you turn the corner, you run a Mon Mothman. Oh, you're here when they did this and that. Um, if, if that book had not been so well written, that could have come off as bad and oh, yeah. un- unnecessary. So same thing here. Wedge, this could come off as awesome that he was a TIE fighter pilot or, or an Imperial uh, trainee or a spy. Or it could be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't really need Wedge to just yeah. show up. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, you know, it, it's intriguing. It's interesting. Yeah. They've definitely got a big, uh, big uh, ambitions for what they're doing with this show. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think there is a good chance that it will hook back to Ahsoka. They did have a panel mm-hmm. this morning as we're recording about Ahsoka where I think Filoni just came out and said, we don't think her story is done or her story is probably not done. Good. So he didn't commit to her being alive, but he certainly mm-hmm. hinted at her being yeah. alive. And I feel like um, with the amount of Maul that we got in that trailer, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. The amount of Maul, the amount of force, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised to see Ahsoka return. Not at all. Not at all. But the trailer was definitely good. And I'll say this. Every trailer I've ever seen for Star Wars Rebels has been great because it didn't show puffer pigs. <laughs> so, yeah, I remain hopeful. I remain interested. I will see every episode. Uh, I'll just have to work through those Hondo puffer pig moments. I understand. I understand. I do uh, resent that there was more Hondo than Hera. I feel like that <laughs> yeah. is... A uh, flaw. There yes. should never be more Hondo than Hera. I'll go on record with that. Never. Uh, never. My last thing that I, I'll yeah. say, because I, I know we, we need to get wrapping up here mm-hmm. for time, uh, but I was thrilled with the amount of Maul. And oh, I, Maul, I, yeah. The, the conclusion of the second season, mm-hmm. the character that they gave from Maul is like still very powerful, yeah. a little older, and just really mm-hmm. bitter. Bitter, at yeah. everybody on every side. So yep. that he is, obviously he uses the dark side, yeah. But that uh, sort of uh, politically in the battle, he's a little mm-hmm. bit in the middle. Yeah. And the idea that Ezra would maybe want to spend time with him. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. I like that just it's it seems like, well, Maul's kind of around. He's almost like a pesky neighbor that yeah. Kanan can't get rid of it almost feels like in the <laughs> trailer. Like he's not this ultimate evil that you yeah. encounter and then it's a life, a battle right. for life and limb. Yeah. And it, it's just like, damn it, Maul again. Maul. Come on, man. <laughs> this is my kid. You're hanging around, yeah, and I like it's I like did, a battle of the dads. Uh, it <laughs> kind of is. I did like that. Uh, I do like that. Maul, even in, in uh, later on Clone Wars, that he, there's a little bit of layering to him. That he wasn't just the killing machine that the the Palpatine used. You know? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and it works. It's good. Like good that. retroactive continuity of he was just raised as Absolutely. a killing machine, and he's like, hey, wait, yeah. And you mentioned Maul, and that actually, there's actually one other thing we need to talk about from the trailer that's actually pretty cool and opens up other things. And Sabine is older now, new look, new hairstyle, um, and her Mandalorian past tied in. We have Mandalorians. Yeah. And last uh, we saw the Darksaber, Darth Maul 
potentially had it as he had killed Pre Vizsla and taken it and uh, uh, maybe taken over the Death Watch. That was a while ago. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But Sabine has, has the Darksaber. At yeah. one point. Here's my hope is mm-hmm. I, in one of those uh, scenes with Thrawn where he's talking about learning their art. Yeah. We see on one of his panels some of, uh, like, uh, we see Sabine's really fancy version of the Rebel Insignia. Yes. Yes. So it would be great if Thrawn did a deep dive mm-hmm. on her her past yeah. with the Mandalorians and trying to understand all that culture. And right. in a way it could be like Thrawn's, it's like an episode could be like Thrawn's documentary on the Mandalorians, <laughs> where we just learn all about them. That'd be super Grand cool Admiral, to me. Grand Admiral Thrawn's 30 on 30, ESPN presents Sabine. <laughs> Why does she know Cad Bane and draw pictures of him? Welcome to Wikipedia, hosted by Grand Admiral Thrawn. <laughs> Today's episode is about the Darksaber. What's the deal with What's that? What's the deal? And you know, there is a deal with that. That was taken, it was a Jedi lightsaber, taken years and generations ago by the Mandalorians, and uh, it was in Pre Vizsla's family, Pre Vizsla voiced by John Favreau, and uh, it handed down generation to generation. It's like a sword in, Lord, in Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, so for it to end with uh, at least a shot temporarily with Sabine having it is it's pretty exciting to me. That's that's some stuff there too. The Mandalorian stuff is cool. You yeah. Know? Um, even if sometimes it, it's the cool thing, it's the coolest of the cool things. But uh, you know, as long as you don't get fet, yeah. You know. I don't need fat. Give me the history of the Death Watch yeah. and more of that. Great fan management moment in the trailer, too, where mm-hmm. they say, flying stormtroopers, and you can feel everybody grip the table as yeah. if to flip it and say, that's too far with the stormtroopers. No, why, the- yeah. why wouldn't they fly all the time if they could? Uh, yeah. So they're like, nope, just some jerk Mandalorians who are serving the Empire. So yeah. a cool idea and a nice moment of like, don't worry, don't worry, don't, don't worry. worry. Don't get mad. I don't do get like mad. those moments. So, hey, there's going to be a lot coming up. Season 3 Rebels will be highly anticipated. Uh, I'm sure it's going to have some great moments, and we're going to have fun talking about it uh, during uh, this next season there. So, Joseph, that is all we can break down right now. Yeah, we've, we're broken down. We're broken down. <laughs> we've I'm had a breakdown. I'm sure there's more that's even happening now as we're recording. Star Wars Celebration still going on over there in London, and uh, we are, uh, we're coming around the corner of the bend towards Rogue One. We are on the road to Rogue One, Rogue, Road to Rebels Season 3. Uh, we've got some... Uh, uh, so much stuff I'm sure going to come out. Yeah. So it's been fun breaking it down now with you, Joseph. Uh, we can, uh, you can uh, be follow Joseph on Twitter at Joseph Scrimshaw to get all his immediate reactions to news that breaks, right? That's right. And mostly just whatever screenshot I think is the most amusing, <laughs> which was definitely grumpy Mon Calamari guy yes. this time. Yes. Uh, anything coming up for you that you want to talk about here as we uh, head on out? Shows and conventions in particular. I'll be at Dragon Con. It's about a month and a half out, but be doing a lot of stuff, fun stuff at Dragon Con. I think I'm doing a panel uh, just called mm-hmm. Star Wars Therapy where people can uh, come oh, and uh, I'll try to talk them off the ledge about things they hate in Star Wars. That's what you do so well. <laughs> you can find out about all my stuff on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Beautiful. You can follow me at Catnapsuck. Don't forget to follow us at Force Center Pod. Like our Facebook page and go to the Facebook page and post your reactions to all the Star Wars news. Let's talk about it there. And if you have a problem, Joseph's Star Wars Therapy, he'll get you <laughs> off that ledge. Do you do you not like Hondo? He can't help you there. No. Nope. But um, you know what I mean? Uh, we're working through all the Hondo stuff. <laughs> uh, follow us, I said, uh, on, on Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Guys, this has been a special Force Center Reacts to all the Star Wars news coming out of Celebrations London. We'll see you next time.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.